I have a friend call me out of nowhere. He's like, hey, I just got tapped to write a Verizon commercial. Can you, I wrote a bunch of car scenes in it. Can you drive? <laughs> I was like, well, answer yes, yes. But I was just thinking, oh my God. That's stunt driver, Bet Haycoop. I'm Kara Duffy, and this is the Powerful Ladies Podcast. Yeah, let's jump in. Let's tell everybody who you are, where you are in the world, and what you're up to. Yeah, so I'm Bet Haycoop. Um, I'm a this newly minted stunt driver trying to figure out her way around this very male-dominated space in Los Angeles. <laughs> How did you become a stunt driver? Oh my God. Okay. So I've wanted to do it since I was a kid. Um, I watched the movie, The Italian Job. Have you seen that? Yes. Okay. It's so... why I bought a Mini Cooper. Mm-hmm. <gasps> oh, she has a Mini. I used to. I, when I lived in Europe, I did because I think I thought I had to after watching The Italian Job. <laughs> you did. You uh, Yeah. You were obligated to do that. Um, so yeah, I watched that. Um, I thought that what they were doing with cars was really cool. Didn't think it was a job, had no idea it was a job, but just knew I wanted to do that. And, um, as I got a little bit older, I'd bought myself my first car and I was like, well, I'll just teach myself how to, how to stunt drive. So I'm going to go out behind the Walmart and spin around <laughs> to see what happens Was pull my e-brake. And one day I came home and my dad was like, your tires are bald. Like what happened? And I was like, nothing, nothing happened. I'm fine. (laughs) Nothing happened at all. Um, And so when I replaced the tires, I quickly realized that I couldn't afford the car payment and the tires. So I promised myself when I'm older and I have more money, I will get trained to be a stunt driver. Then like life happens, right? You, I got married. I had like a job job. I worked in tech and um, there was this moment where it was just like having that office job, like even though it was like, great, very financially stable. I was just like, this isn't for me. Like, it's like eating away at me. Like it was, I almost didn't recognize myself anymore. Um, And so I left that job. Um, I became a certified herbalist because I decided to just pack everything in between me and like pursuing my dream. (laughs) um, Through COVID, I, uh, I did this one book called The Artist's Way. I don't know if you've Heard very it. familiar. Yep. I have okay. a copy behind me. Mm-hmm. Yep. Very good. Keep it close. Uh, it, it's really, I mean, it was that, that shit is tough, right? Like mm-hmm. going through that book is really hard. Um, but something that really came out of that was like, I was able to talk to my inner critic and I named her Annabelle and she's a huge bitch. <laughs> so She's a little quieter now. She just needed some like love and attention. Um, but I, you know, I was able to really kind of identify what was holding me back. And the question came up of if you were, if you came back to this life in any form, like what would that form be? And I always had stunt driver listed. So um, it took me a while to actually admit it to myself because I thought, right, I'm 30. Um, I'm not working my cushy job in tech anymore. And the only thing I can think about is being a stunt driver. Like it consumed me and it took me a while before I even could admit it to my husband. And it was like, he knew before I did, he was like, of course, of course, this is what you must do. You know? <laughs> so having his support was amazing. And then 
you know, a few more months of denying it and like going into like the dark places of myself and then realizing, you know what, I have have nothing to lose. Like if I go, I live in Los Angeles, there's a place to go get trained out in the desert where everyone goes, like Mm -hmm. actors, stunt people, like if they need to train. So it's like a very serious school. And I said, okay, right. I'm going to go. If this isn't for me, then I, I won't go back or I won't pursue this further. And there's something that happened when I was in the car. I even like feel it now thinking about it. I was, we were doing this, like, God, there was like 12 cars, I think, in this chase scene that we were simulating. It was all this like, you How know. cool. Oh, it was so cool. It was so <laughs> cool. And it was like this really cool chase scene. And I was laughing and crying mm-hmm. because I was so happy. And there's like this thing that happens in my brain. I I dabbled in some like stock car racing before to kind of just like, you know, like one day experience is nothing crazy, but there's something about like driving towards a wall at 120 miles an hour and being able to manipulate the car and like do what I needed to do to make it back around the track. Like I crawled out of that car and I was so calm and other people were like shaking from adrenaline. And I'm like, well, my brain's broken. This is, <laughs> <laughs> this is the obvious answer. But it wasn't. I just found something that I really, really enjoyed. And so um, after, I guess, training, I was just like, hey, I know no one and nothing. And then that kind of started me on my, the path that I'm on now of just, for lack of a better word, manifesting mm-hmm. heavily all the things that have happened in the past year. What are some of those things that you've been able to manifest? Oh, my God. So... Mm, well, I, everything's a story with me. So here's the story. <laughs> um, I didn't know anyone or anything about this space, right? I'm like, I've just turned up to this class and realized it made me extremely happy and I wanted to do more of it. So I knew that I needed a practice car. So I thought, okay, uh, let me just go in my backyard with my notebook and like write down the things that I need in a practice car, like having no frame of reference. Like I had frame of reference for my class, but just, I was like, well, all I have right now is my imagination. So I'm going to go live in my imagination in the morning every day. Um, And so I started writing that spec down for the car. And three days later, I find that car on Craigslist and I convinced the guy to sell it to me for $800. And now this car is like, (laughs) it is like the perfect car because it's a Crown Victoria. Those actually are quite expensive. Um, if you want to use them for like stunt schools and other people in stunts, desperately try to find this car. And they usually sell for like three to five grand at least. And so I drove drove my ass down to Long Beach and picked up my, <laughs> my stunt car. And I actually, so I had my friends paint it for my birthday. Um, and I like had painted this little miniature version yesterday of it. <laughs> This is like so this like rainbow, mm-hmm. <laughs> crazy little car. Um, I have her here with me, but uh, yeah, I, I found that car. And then I kept imagining while I was sitting in my backyard, I just kind of let my imagination go. And I just kept seeing myself, you know, thinking about the people I wanted to be around, like who, like their kind of energy and what it would feel like to be on set to really get myself, mm-hmm. you know, hopefully used to it, right? Because again, it's me alone in my backyard. And I 
I kept seeing myself on set and I kept seeing commercial or music video by the end of the year. Because this was a big practice for me and actually writing down what I wanted. I was always so scared to actually say what I wanted. And even though at the time I felt really just kind of, you know, who the fuck am I? Like, I'm just pulling this out of my ass, you know? Like, what, what am I supposed to do with this information? Like, that's coming from my own brain. But I just, I took it seriously and I wrote it down and I almost, you know, really convinced myself that this is what I, what I wanted. It was already coming out of me. And so commercial music video by the end of the year, it got towards the end of the year. And I thought, right, maybe this is teaching me that this isn't going to happen this year, but to be patient and, you know, something like this will happen. I'll be damned if like one week into December, I have a friend call me out of nowhere. He's like, Hey, I just got tapped to write a Verizon commercial. Can you, I wrote a bunch of car scenes in it. Can you drive? <laughs> I was like, well, answer yes. Yes. Um, but I was just thinking, Oh my God. Like I was thinking just like any type of commercial. I don't know. Like I was thinking a car commercial, anything like that. And another friend reached out and was like, Hey, I'm going to shoot a music video. Can you drive in this music video for me? And so my lesson there was, it's not a commercial or a music video. I have to say and more because it was a commercial and a music video by the end of the year. And that was so incredible to me. Um, and then I, there was one moment where when I was sitting in, I was driving this like huge van uh, in the Verizon commercial and I saw the camera behind me move in a certain way in my rear view mirror. And I thought I had this crazy deja vu moment where I was like, I saw this in my backyard. Like I saw this moment in my backyard, like four or five months ago. Um, and so I don't know. I was, I just had this really awesome kind of moment of, Oh, anything that I imagine, anything I imagine is like real. Like I can make it real. And so I like have it on a ring now. Like anything I can imagine is real. <laughs> and, um, it's been a cool kind of journey of really leaning into like trusting whatever that intuition is pulling me towards, even if it's not conventional um, and finding there's so many other things, but those are like kind of like the first moments of like me being like, oh, the call is coming from inside the house. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh boy. Oh, bother. I should listen to that. <laughs> you, know? <laughs> you know, how is that different than how you were living life before? Oh, oh my God. What a great question. <sighs> I think... How I was living before was doing everything that everyone else told me I needed to do or I should do and losing a lot of my own voice. In that, I will say I didn't feel like I even had an intuition for, uh, well, I, okay, let me rephrase that. I had an intuition. I just had so, I was so far disconnected from it. That mm -hmm. I just was tossed around with whatever energy people had around me. I wouldn't. I was such a people pleaser. It really it made me really good at recruiting because I could like <laughs> figure out what people needed and wanted, you know, which is what I did with engineers and recruiting and tech. But it was 
it was something that, God, even thinking of it now, it's like cutting myself off, I think, from that core intuition. Like, it's almost like you cut, like you cut a vine, you, it like withers, withers and dies, right? So I think just the, the, I don't know, being so anxious and so, you know, looking outward to see what I should do next as opposed to looking inward. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. It makes total sense. I see now all I your can... books are rainbow. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's so cool. It's uh, it's so funny. I used to organize them by like category and have them alphabetized or something. But gosh, maybe eight years ago, I switched to the color coding. And it's so strange now. Someone says a book and I'm like, white cover, blue cover. Like I now know books based on that. <laughs> oh my God. No, my apps are color coded in my phone. Yeah. <laughs> like I color code them. So I'm like, right. Instagram kind of purpley. I'm listening purple. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? really funny. Yeah. It's, it's like, and it's so good. Like our brains like that. They like, they right? like color cues. So, cause we're, yeah. there's so much other content in our lives that are word and text based. So when we don't yeah. need to use that, it's, it's nice. Yeah. You're right. You're right. So if we go, so you've thought about being a sun driver for a long time and, mm. but I'm curious if we go back to eight year old, you, was she like stunt driver? Oh my God. Eight-year-old me, oh, she's so sweet. Eight-year-old me, she wouldn't be opposed to the idea, but I don't think she was, she knew what that was yet. Yeah. <laughs> if that makes sense. I think like she was so, she had all the makings to, I think, like really, really like bite into a non-traditional kind of like life and existence. And I think a lot of those, those things were happening then as well. Like, I mean, my dolls were like my friends. I was like, I don't, I don't necessarily, I was thinking like, these aren't my babies. I don't know that I want babies. Like these are my friends. I like that. Like I was really kind of like able to like delineate myself in that and it was kind of I honestly it's really funny that you you asked about that age um because eight's eight's my favorite number and it always has been and I think it was kind of around that time where I started to get ingrained with like this is the way you're supposed to live life not how you are as an eight-year-old exploring and and being yourself Mm -hmm. um yeah I think I feel like that that kind of age and time was really when I was living a little bit more loudly in like what I did and how I dressed and how I would like joke around. And I was, I was really kind of like finding my edges. Mm -hmm. And I think it was that, at that range where things started to get a little reined in. Yeah. So then when, you know, I see Italian job when I'm like, I don't know, I think I was like 13. Um, I, I was able to see what I wanted, but I put it away, Mm -hmm. you know? I think a lot of women are in a space where they want that deeper connection with their intuition and they want that deeper connection with who they just really are. Like that pushing the edges, eight-year-olds, like let's just be fully self-expressed as us person. And you mentioned doing, you know, going out in the backyard every morning to get reconnected and to just imagine things. 
But when did you decide that you needed to start putting practices in place to help get there? And what were those practices that you started with? Oh my God. You just asked such great questions. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> you take me to such key places. It's amazing. Um, I think honestly, the first thing I, I thought about was, and this is, I don't know, this isn't really that random, but the first thing I thought about was how do I make that little kid version of me happy? Mm-hmm. And like everything I do now, like if I'm practicing in my stunt car, I like imagine her in my front seat with me, you know, I'm like, you good. And she's like, yeah. <laughs> you know, like, so I mean, aside of, aside from lots and lots of therapy, um, which I started and continued with at that time. And I still do. Um, I think, I mean, initially it was getting, being able to actually like get clear on what I wanted and write that down. Um, and then, I mean, my, my husband told me this. Um, I, was, I was terrified to put myself out there. I was terrified mm-hmm. to even post on Instagram. Like I literally only started posting this past summer, like things that I'm doing. Yeah. Um, and he was like, no one else is going to believe you if you don't. So like, let the practice of, of showing yourself, just, just posting on Instagram, which would create great panic in me, but I created, I created a habit around that to like mm-hmm. really be able to start putting myself out there. Um, you know, even if it feels terrifying, like it's my way of proving to me that this is what I do. Like mm-hmm. I'm able to now be like, oh yes, visually looking at the things that I'm doing is really, really helpful to me to see like, oh, I can do a 360. I, I can do this maybe. Like I, you know, I, I am this person. Um, and so I think for me, kind of being able to visually represent what I'm doing because what I'm doing can be visually represented was so such an important like first step. Did it feel great? Absolutely not. But I think there's like a difference between doing something that you know is like wrong, but you do it anyway, like wrong mm-hmm. for you, not yeah, wrong like for you and like the core of who you are. And then doing something that is uncomfortable because you are growing yeah. and it's creating new growth. And so I leaned into that a little bit more. I think that's an area where a lot of people stop is you want something and you know you want it and then you take the first step and you're like that's not comfortable and they and and there's like this retreat element and like there's so much humor and confidence building and all of the things by stepping into that uncomfortable space it's become something where i'm like "Mm, i've been comfortable a lot this month i gotta go do something uncomfortable because it, cool. it shifts like you can't it's the only way that I know people can build confidence is doing things that make you uncomfortable or where you're a novice because yeah. you can't you have to earn the confidence with yourself not other people that is so well put like that makes so much sense like couldn't have said it better that that is so awesome like I'm I'm instantly thinking now like about Okay, so I teach people stick how to drive manual cars, and in like North America, no one does. That's not a thing, right? It's embarrassing. Mostly, yeah, but mostly, 
it's men who know how to do it, right? And then they teach like brothers and uncles and whatever, and not like female or people who are queer, like in their family, right? So as I'm finding myself in more car spaces, I would see like this group of people physically on the outskirts, like they'd be there. But if you don't look like everybody else, like you mm-hmm. get fucking grilled. It's like, why are you here? Is this your dad's car? You know? So I would go up to them and be like, hey, like what's going on? Why are you here? And there's always this hesitation of like, oh, oh, I, I, you know, I love, I love cars, but like, I don't, I don't know how to build engines or I, I can't drive yeah. stick. And so I got this so many times and I started asking my friends, like, do you guys know how to drive stick? And there's so many like crazy stories that come out. It's like, yeah, well, I got taught once, but I said, they told me I wasn't able to, I wasn't teachable or I got left on this hill and they walked home and I had to figure it out. It was like all these like brutal moments of like drama. And I thought, okay, I have a vintage car. I had just learned to drive stick not long before that. I'm like, I'll teach you. Like, let's, let's go. And so having someone in the car doing something that they're so like, it's so outside the realm of what they're used to doing. And it's so uncomfortable, but like they allow themselves to be really bad at something for a minute. And then you start to learn. It's like, it's so uncomfortable because it's Mm -hmm. so outside of your comfort zone. But for anyone who I'm teaching, they like want to be taught. So it's like, you know, they're <laughs> no there prisoners. They're, no, 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 no. I'm like, do not do. I won't teach you if you if you are really don't want to do this. Um, but there's such a, a sense of empowerment after. Like everyone's just like, I am so hot. Like I can drive stick now. This is amazing. But it's getting through that period of like mm-hmm. discomfort to get there. Yeah, you know. And I I started just recording this because I thought it was so wild to like see this kind of progression. And mm-hmm. so I call it, um, I, I now call my, I call it hot shift my show. <laughs> I love that. And so we have all these moments of like the first time they killed the engine. I'm like, you killed it. When was the last time you killed it at something, you know? So it's like yeah. part conversation, but part like you're having this moment of like, okay, I'm learning something new. This is terrifying. I'm driving a car around the street. Like what's happening. But the confidence that can come out of that after is just like chef's kiss. And I'm the person who never gets the chance to drive sticks. Like I, a friend and I drove up to LA recently and he is a, a stick shift Subaru. And I was like, we got the car. I'm like, would you ever let me drive that? Because I miss that feeling, that go-karty feeling. Yeah. And yeah. he's like, He's like, yeah, you can drive it one day. I'm like, okay, thanks. <laughs> That's amazing. One day, did one day happen? Not yet, not yet. I'll give him some shit Girl, this week to make sure that come happens. Come drive sooner. my car. <laughs> <laughs> well, then I'm like, I, my thought was like, I don't want to drive it around a neighborhood because you can't enjoy a stick when you're like stopping every five seconds. So I'm like, where can I take it? I'm like, would the highway be enough? Do I want to go somewhere else with this car? Yeah. Um, but I think I a, a little highway. Place. <laughs> I'll tell you. I Perfect. Have a great I love starting that. place. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There was a long time, like um, one of my best friends from college, she also knows how to drive stick. And that was the first car I had, or I guess technically second, but first car that was like mine and not a family uh, uh, hand-me-down. Yeah. And we used to be like, I don't know if we can date guys that don't know how to drive stick. <laughs> it's weird. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. That is so awesome. I, I had this yeah. whole conversation with the first person I taught um, 
and she is queer. And we had this whole conversation around like gender and driving. And she's like, she's like, well, like if I'm like with a guy, I kind of want him to drive. But then if I'm with a woman or a different person, like I want to drive. And it was just such a cool conversation to be like, well, now she knows how to drive sticks and now she always wants to drive, you know? (laughs) Yes. But it was such a cool, like, I don't know, a cool thing that comes out of it because we're so coded, you know, Mm -hmm. and like guys drive cars and that's it. And, you know, I don't know. It's been a really interesting kind of journey leaning into it being myself fully in it. Um, That was a tangent. Sorry. (laughs) No, but I think it's a really important thing to talk about because there have been so many situations where I've been the passenger and especially I'm, I'm from the Northeast. So there's been like snow. And I'm like, stop the car, get out. You're making me crazy. We do not need to go five miles an hour. It is just snow. And like (laughs) realizing like this person has no snow experience. And it's like, you're like, we do not need to go this slow. You're going to like, I'm going to lose my mind driving this slow as a passenger. And then similarly, we, I was living in Germany and we, a bunch of us went skiing and we took, I took my mini Cooper and the guy I was dating at the time had this BMW and he's like, oh, I can't take my car. It's like rear roll drive. And I'm like, so is mine. But like, we can get up the hill. Like, I'll drive. Yeah. And I was like, what? And it, it just, it's, it, I didn't judge either of these men for these situations. But there was a moment where I'm like, it's so weird that like, you don't have power in this space. And I do. And society tells me that you should. Yeah. And it, was, it was a really interesting moment of uh, being present to like, this is not normal. Okay. Right. You're like, Oh, there's a glitch in the simulation. I see it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and props to my dad for making sure that I knew how to drive stick. Yeah. Um, you don't amazing. want me doing anything else in the car besides taking it to a car wash, but, um, yeah. <laughs> I can, I can, I can drive us. That's not the problem. <laughs> you can, yep. You can go get some coffee. Yeah. <laughs> you can run your errands. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think I'd be good in a getaway, but you don't need to fix it, change oh. the oil, none of those things. Mm-mm. Yeah. Yeah. Don't need it. Don't need no. to do that. So when you're doing the stunt work and you're racing, you're you're chasing after that wall or making these turns, because obviously a lot of stunt work, I think people assume is very exciting. And often stunt work is like, nope, I'm just here because I'm qualified and I'm safe. And mm-hmm. a lot of waiting and like, ooh, oh, stunt driver, we're going 25 miles an hour so you can catch the scene. Ooh, right? So it's not yeah. always, you know, shooting the Italian job and driving a car. Right. But when you do have those moments where you get to be the epitome of what a stunt driver is, how do you feel? Oh, my God. For once, I feel just like I am where I belong. Um, I feel like fully at peace and look, there's, there's many more things that I want to do with stunt driving and I know them and I can see them now for myself. And, you know, we all know that was hard to to get to. Um, but I think like, I feel, yeah, I just feel like, oh, this is where I've, I've, I've meant to be here. Like, I think even on that first, the first job that I'd had um, on that commercial, I remember getting there and seeing the car that was going to shoot me. And it was, it's like this, um, it's called like a moto crane or like Russian arm. It's basically this, this crane with a camera on it that's on top of typically an SUV. 
And I thought it would be years until I'd be able to like work with one of those because they cost a lot of money to have on set. And so I was like, oh, not only am I shooting while I'm driving a car, but I'm shooting like with this car following me. I'm following that car. Like this is like the real fucking deal of stunt driving. (laughs) And, And I wasn't nervous at all. I was like, so just happy and chill and, and in my element. And I feel so like, yeah, I just felt so grateful to be able to like kind of taste what that is. And I want more of it. Like being a stunt driver isn't like, oh, I'm working constantly or all the time, especially if you have like, people are like, who are you? <laughs> yeah. What are your connections? Um, but having, having moments, I feel so grateful to be able to have had moments where I've felt that and felt that in the car. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's such a good question too. Thanks for asking that. Well, I, I think it brings up how important it is to have that level 10 moment. Yeah. So many people, besides people not being uncomfortable, there's also all of these people who can, we all have dreams. We all have these things we want. And so few people are chasing after them in such a way where they get a 10 day. They get yeah. a 10 second, minute, five minutes. But once you have that moment, you can't unhave it. You can't go back. And I think it shifts how you view yourself and what's possible. And I mean, you have a ring now, right? To remind yourself that this actually (laughs) happened. I didn't imagine it. It's why I have one of my tattoos. Like when I was moving back from Europe, I'm like, I need to remember that this wasn't a dream I had. Like this actually happened. And it's so easy to like have that moment and then get sucked back right into like dishes, laundry, blah, blah, blah. But we need to remember like, no, 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 no. Like we can do such cooler things if we keep remembering and kind of going after it. Yeah. Why were you in Mm -hmm. Germany? I was working for Puma. So I was there for four years at at their kind of global headquarters, actually running the motorsports footwear division. Oh my God. If only our paths yeah. had crossed. If I had followed my yes. dreams sooner. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah, I mean, it, worked, it was really amazing. I got, I've got i had the pleasure of, you know, making the performance uh, product for a MotoGP and Formula One, as well as all the lifestyle pieces and getting to go to the Ferrari factory and museum and Ducati. So um, the only thing I didn't get to do when I was there, which is like, I'm so sad about it, was go to a Formula One race as like part of the that side of things, like, obviously I can, I can just go get a ticket and go, but yeah. to be on the kind of team side would have been really cool to see it that way. And maybe I could pull some strings and still make it happen, oh, but um, do it. yeah, it was really fun and really interesting to, we had a lot of women on the team who are working on it. And there's yeah. actually a lot of women in the Ferrari and Ducati organizations as well. So there are women in places of motorsports and have always been but it's definitely not, um, we were never the majority, let alone it was never equal. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, navigating that while you were there, you're in a different culture completely because you said you grew up in the Northeast, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So you're in a completely different culture, at least from a gender perspective, you're like outnumbered. Like, how did you kind of find your voice in that space? (laughs) Uh, it was really interesting because I think when I look at what I had was up against kind of in that space, I didn't speak the language of the country I was now living and working in. 
I was young, I was female. Um, and then add on whatever category I was working in at the time and it added whatever other dynamic to it. There were definitely in, like fellow employees or people on my team that I really had to be fierce or bold with and just like not tolerate some of it. Um, you know, there's a guy you. who was mad that I was American younger than him and female and telling him what to do. And I'm like, this is so ridiculous. Oh Most people God. weren't like that, though. I had really amazing uh, teams and leadership there. And most of the men I worked with, like, they just wanted someone who got shit done. And I yeah. always have. And they were really fun. And some of them I'm really close with still and were their family at this point. Yeah. As I learned Italian before I was learning German because my team was a lot of Italian. So it, they were really inclusive and, and wonderful. Um, but, you know, I think that there, it, I had to consciously walk through and like remind myself that whatever was in my head about not knowing enough and not having this in-depth motorsports background before I managed the category, like I wasn't there for my motorsports knowledge. I was there for my knowledge of making product and shoes and going to market and telling stories. So right. if I could just listen and absorb all I could about the motorsport story that they wanted to tell and find those details like that I'm yeah. good at. So that's why I can kind of jump into any product business, whatever, and be like, okay, here's what we need. But I had to keep reminding myself that I wasn't there to be the formula one expert. Right. Other, otherwise they wouldn't have called Puma and then they definitely wouldn't have called me because <laughs> they're like, they were calling us for our products knowledge and making them lots of money through products. So yeah. that, I had to remember that that we could do. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's so awesome. Like focusing in on like, this is the reason why I'm here. And these mm -hmm. are, these are my strengths. And I think like, kind of like really just like, as I'm looking at the car space in general, I think that's a really cool thing to, to hold on to because mm -hmm. there's so, there's such value also of showing up as yourself fully in whatever yeah. space, whether or not on paper, you air quotes to someone else belong there. Yeah. You know? And so I think that's really cool that you did that. You're like, Hey, no, like, this is my value. This is why I'm here. <laughs> like, and it was hard, right? Just like you've experienced some days you're like, you get overwhelmed by the, like, do I belong at this table? And then yeah. other days you're like, for me, <laughs> I know there's always a tipping point when I start getting frustrated and I'm like, stop, move. No, I'll fix it. Stop. And that's when I know I'm like, okay, not only do I belong here, like this table might be too small now. Yeah. <laughs> But oh, it's like yes. a, it's like a repeat thing though, right? Like you you there's always the next level. And now I'm looking for what what's a fine category I haven't worked in because then I get to learn something. Otherwise, you know, it's it's I'll be bored, which I've learned about yeah. myself too, which I'm sure um you have a little bit of that trait yourself based on the fact you're fearlessly jumping into new things. Oh my god. Yep. No, I I totally feel that. Um and I think like the more you can do that, the more it becomes like a practice. Because uh, mm -hmm. even initially like pursuing this, I, Annabelle, that voice in my head was like way, way louder than my other voice in my head, who is like mm -hmm. my higher version of me. And so I think like understanding that things will happen in the time, like you can't eat the cake before it's baked. Mm -hmm. um, and so it's like, it's kind of cool to be able to, allow yourself to to practice the things that are like maybe this is a little bit uncomfortable 
But the more you do it, the better you get at it, right? Mm -hmm. It's literally like strengthening a muscle. It's like the first time you do it, you're like, oh my God. And then, you know, you can, you get used to it, right? Yeah. Because I know for a fact, I would not be mentally ready for any of this shit if I had done it sooner. Because that's the other thing that like I think about is like, okay, now I'm 32, going to be 33. I know that this is something that I wanted literally 20 years ago. And I, but at the time I didn't have the support to do it. I didn't have the fortitude to do it. Like I wasn't the person that I am now. Like it tastes so much sweeter now because I know that I'm ready for it. Um, And even getting that first gig, like I was waiting for months thinking, where is, where is this gig? But if I gotten it sooner, I would have, I wouldn't have been ready. Mm -mm. So it's nice to kind of like do the practice, get used to it. Things get, you know you strengthen the muscle and then you're able to really like do the heavy lifting and have that like 10 moment. I'm here. (laughs) I'm doing the thing. (laughs) Well, that makes me wonder like, how are you making friends in the industry? Because the way you describe both the commercial and the the music video, a friend called you. And I think as much as we want to believe people are just looking for magical people out there, we're not because every time we need to plan something it's like oh shit that's next week who can i call mm-hmm. and so it's whoever is top of mind right it's a it's not what you know it's who you know but it's really who knows you right so what are you what actions are you taking to make more friends in the industry and find those connections and just look for collaborators yeah i think like paying attention to who you already know is a good thing like being able to, you know, maybe you have friends who you don't talk about work a lot, or, mm-hmm. you know, maybe you, you aren't talking about your dream to them. And so my first step was really like how I had to admit it to myself and then start posting about it. The conversations I started having with people who knew me well, after I started actually telling them what I wanted and actually posting about it, like they would come to me and be like, oh my God, I saw that stuff you did. That's so cool. Like, is this something you want to do? Because no one, no one, everyone's out there just thinking about themselves. Like, they're not like, I wonder what Bethany is, you know, processing in her <laughs> mental capacity. And like, hmm, I wonder if she's ready for that. You know, like, they're, they're not doing that. Yeah. So talking about it as much as possible. I mean, I totally botched that, botch a quote, but I think it was Tyler, the creator, had said, like, I came out with my album two years ago. I'm still talking about it because it's still new to people. Like, I'm going to mm-hmm. keep talking about it because this is it, you know? So keep talking about it. Keep sharing with people that I know. But then I started putting myself in spaces where, again, I didn't feel like belonged. Um, but through that, I was able to meet people who also felt that way or were in the space and had a different mentality about it and had other connections. And so I think the other step is like, if there's a possibility to physically go where, you know, there is a version of the space that you want to be in, there's so many people and people like, at least in LA, I feel like, I know my experience, I grew up in um, like 20 minutes, 20 miles outside of Los Angeles. So I've kind of grown up in Southern California, but I think like LA has this rap of people being like super flaky and all of this. That hasn't super, that hasn't really truly been my experience. I think maybe the more people I meet, maybe, but um, people like want to do cool shit with you. Mm-hmm. So if you have like an idea and you have the fortitude to see it through, like people want to help you. 
it's it's really kind of wild. Um, but I have met, like, I will say, um, the term I use for these women is like, we all like parachuted into each other's lives at like this exact moment. So much along like the things that I've been manifesting, things that I wanted to manifest, community was such a thing that was missing. And I, you know, you, you grow up, you meet different people, you know, different people. And I didn't feel like I had like the community that like fully accepted me in this form yet, because I had no idea what that meant. And at one of these events, I met them and we have like, just, we have just this like incredible way of uplifting each other. We're all kind of in tangentially in motorsport or directly in motorsports and like really just like are doing our own thing and we all just kind of met each other at this weird moment where things just started expanding for all of us and so i think like manifesting your community is also like something that's super important because i think Mm -hmm. at least a lot of the times here we think about ourselves as individuals and we're like okay it has to come from me i have to do the things and maybe i'm probably projecting (laughs) because let me talk as myself let me talk as me (laughs) well let me pull that back i'll talk as myself um, you know, this is, you know, me and, and I have to get it and I have to push it, but it's like, I literally could not have done half the shit I've done in the past year without the support of this community. And so I'm so grateful to them. And I think like, yeah, just being able to, to put myself in, in situations where I just turn around to the person in line behind mm-hmm. me getting coffee and be like, what's up? Yeah, you you never know. You never know who is the new friend, the new person, the new next step, the new, you know, it's, I love that you're doing that. I really hope everyone listening hears that of just tell people what you're up to. Please tell people what you want. Um, Well, that leads me to asking you, what is something that you need or want that we can help manifest or even just literally cause for you? Oh, bitch. (laughs) This is amazing. (laughs) Oh, my God. That's so powerful. Um, God, I want to stun drive only electric cars. That is something that I have had in my mind since last year. And I'm in that space now of being excited because I have no idea how this is going to come to light. But being in electric cars, converting old vintage cars to electric, these are things I want to learn more about. Um, Getting to know electric cars in the way where I could actually like do some sense in them. All of this, like this is something that I really... Like I have this version of me that I call Bet Electric. <laughs> like that's like because it kind of sounds like Evil Knievel. It sounds like an old like it's old so timey, good. like stunt name, right? Yeah. So it's like Bet Electric. <laughs> I can see the merchandise already. I love it. Right? You know, it's like the helmet and everything. So I I know that that's this iteration of myself that's coming. I have no idea how I'm how it's going to manifest, but I've already had some opportunities to get into like Formula E Mm -hmm. and like Formula E is so sick. And if you haven't watched it, I could go on about it for years. So like we could talk offline about that, but there's so much out there in like the form of sustainability and like the tech and everything. And that is just like, so, so interesting to me. So electric cars is something that I'm very, very curious and interested about and want to 
So drive them. (laughs) (laughs) That I'm saying it out loud. Thanks for giving me the opportunity to do that. Yeah. I mean, we, there's so many things we want. I actually had a um, stunt woman, um, Sydney Olson, on the podcast. And awesome. she gave me this great tip that I've hung on to of like, you have your to-do list, which is the stuff that you know how to take action on. And then you have your to manifest list, which is the, this is what I want. And I have no idea how it's going to happen. Yes. And I think we, like the to-do list is like, we got that. We're our, that we're good on that list, but like we don't talk about the to manifest list enough. Of yeah. here's some crazy idea I have. Who's who can give me one ingredient or one next step or the contact? Like if we use our community, I, I had a workshop yesterday and I used um, Sisyphus, the guy pushing the rock up the mountain, oh. as one picture, and okay. then I had. And do you know that Greek story of like, it's a whole life. So I had that. And then Dark. I, I'm curious where it was oh. <laughs> I was like, damn. Well, well, most people, when we think about how we create our best life, we're like, it's us up the mountain, carrying yeah. it all. I'm like, and then I had a picture of like this hippie commune. I'm like, which option of life do you think is more fun and effective? Right. Amen. And, and they're so contrasted. And everyone's like, well, obviously the commune. I'm like, yeah, and you don't need to live in a commune to make your life happen, but ask people for help, carry the burden, let people contribute to you. Like, I don't like, there's nothing that we have to do on our own, literally nothing. So if we even took 10% of what we're trying to do by ourselves and shared it with people, maybe it would happen. Maybe it happened faster, more fun, lots of options. Exactly. And that's, that's, Mm -hmm. Like the other thing, I had another friend who was like, I taught her how to drive stick. She's like, who's your, who's your dream guest for this show? Yeah. And I'm like, oh my God, I need to focus in on that more. Like I, I want to have like different, very different, like drag queens on my <laughs> learning yeah. stick show, you know, like I just want to have like everybody on the show. And so having more guests and she was just like, I can help you with that. And I'm just like, oh my God. Okay. You know, even I'm still even like, (gasps) someone wants to help me. What do I do? It's like, Mm -hmm. just take one step, like just take one step in. You don't have to have the whole thing planned out. It's like, you said you wanted to help me with this or like, this is what I need help with. Here's my one step in, like see where the path takes you. All right. Well, I'm going to volunteer myself for um, learning stick with one stunt, like one easy stunt. I'm going (laughs) to level up. (laughs) That's awesome. <laughs> just one. Give me one that I can yeah, play with. <laughs> yeah. Even if it's just a quick stop, like an ice an ice skating stop would be really yeah, fun. Yeah, we'll just pull the e-brake and cute. Yeah. And then you can watch my face be like, ah! <laughs> Getting used to tires screeching is, is funny. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. you're like, this is a good thing. You want to hear that. Yeah. And meanwhile, your whole body's like, no. Yeah. <laughs> Mine is yes. <laughs> <laughs> You know, when we ask everyone where they put themselves in the powerful lady scale, if zero is average everyday human and 10 is the most powerful lady you can imagine, where would you put yourself today and where would you put yourself on average? Ooh, okay. Oof, today. Today I'm feeling like, I'm feeling like a seven. I'm feeling like a seven. I feel like some days I can go up to an eight, some days I can go to a six. But today it's like, I'm happy. I'm talking to you. Just posted another episode of my show. 
I know these things are happening. You've like given me such like great things to think about and affirmations and everything. And I really appreciate that. So yeah, I think today, today is a seven. I love it. Um, for everybody who wants to follow you, support you, hire you, work on projects together, be yeah. on your show, where can they find you and do all those things? Okay. Amazing. So my handles on, um, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube are all stunt with bet, like stunt with bet, B-E-T. And then you can find all of that stuff on my website, which is literally beatbeatbitch.com. <laughs> So far, the best <laughs> domain name we have had shared on this podcast. Yeah. Mm -hmm. okay. <laughs> Literally, beep, beep, like you're punking your horn, bitch.com. <laughs> Amazing. It says so much about you and how you are approaching this world. I love it. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Well, it has been such a pleasure to meet you today. I'm so oh. excited for what you're creating and how you're stepping into what just brings you total joy. And I cannot wait to see what you create this year. God, thank you so much for that. I really appreciate you saying that. And I'm so happy. I'm so happy I got to be here. <laughs>all the links to connect with bet are in our show notes at thepowerfulladies.com. Please subscribe to this podcast wherever you're listening and leave us a rating and review. Come join us on Instagram at powerfulladies. And if you're looking to connect directly with me, please visit caraduffy.com or cara underscore duffy on Instagram. I'll be back next week with a brand new episode. Until then, I hope you're taking on being powerful in your life. Go be awesome and up to something you love.